You are listening to The Low How from Bullpink, where we share our know-how about low-income markets. Bullpink works with entrepreneurs and companies to make the best products and services available where they matter the most. We are all about using the power of entrepreneurship to fulfill aspirations and meet the needs of people at the base of the economic pyramid. Come along with us as we seek out the right innovations, right for low-income markets. Hi, my name is Akoji John, Impact Manager at Bopink. Hey Akoji, and I'm Patrick Geyer, Impact Measurement and Insights Lead at Bopink. Akoji, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you doing? Yeah, great. So glad that we could uh, chat about this today. Mm-hmm. So today on the podcast... Well, let me just start by saying we're both using our phones and our laptops to connect today. And I'm curious, when you're working at home, Akoji, how do you charge your devices? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think for me, is a is an hybrid, but mostly I do use the solar home systems to power my phone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we there's this issue of uh, having a reliable uh, power here in Nigeria. So if mm-hmm. I must if I must be reached by you or if I must work remotely, <laughs> then obviously I have to have a backup, which is more like the solar home system. Yeah. And, okay. and as, as we speak, my phone is connected to one. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, so it sounds like reliability of the electrical supply is, is a concern for you and the solar home system helps you with that. What are some of the other benefits of having a solar home system for somebody like you uh, living and, and working in urban Nigeria? Yeah, you know, uh, aside that, that reliability, there's a lot of noise pollution around here. You have uh, within the neighborhood, you see everyone turning up generator, so the noise pollution mm. is high here. So using solar tends to like take you off that, uh, so there's that reduction in noise pollution. Uh, mm. Aside that, uh, maybe savings as well. So I don't need to spend so much on on purchasing fuel. So with the solar system, I could still stay connected. <laughs> and lastly. Mm-hmm. Having that nice time with my family in the evening is very important. So as long as the solar power is on, uh, without even uh, the generator on, I will still have time to share lovely memories with my kids. Yeah. Nice. And that is important. Yeah. And that's also a great introduction to our topic today, which is talking about solar home systems and specifically the business side of marketing and distributing these systems in hard to reach communities across Africa. So Akoji, build on this if, if you like, but my understanding is the basic problem is that there are lots and lots of people across Africa and Asia who live and work in places with either no electrical grid or very unreliable electricity supply. Uh, you know, and according to the United Nations, uh, about 750 million people worldwide lack access to electricity. Uh, most of them, uh, according to that report, uh, are based in sub-Saharan Africa. We are making uh, some progress in reducing that number, but you know, uh, that's a bit slow. Uh, the good news is that people are embracing renewable home energy solutions. These are both more sustainable and also uh, more cost-effective than electricity generated by burning fuel fuel. Uh, solar home systems can be a great solution for low-income consumers across Africa. The problem is uh, how do you actually distribute and sell these things to consumers at the last mile? Okay, that was the jargon alarm. Let's break down what the last mile really means for listeners who might not be familiar with that. Mm, yeah. 
Okay, so basically, uh, it's the last leg of uh, the journey of goods needs to travel to reach the consumer who live in places that are hard to reach. Uh, you could imagine that that could be rural places with poor road, uh, or it could be an urban community uh, that is not well connected with the rest of the city. We say that that uh, people who live at the end of this last leg of the distribution journey are living at the last mile. Yeah, that's a simple definition. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks a lot for that explainer, Koji. So back to our topic for today, we'd like to explore what these solar home systems really are, uh, what kind of models are out there, and also how they're sold and how low-income consumers can actually buy them. All right, let's get an answer from an entrepreneur who is actually in the business of selling uh, solar home systems, Alvol, general trading, sell solar home systems and other durable goods to low-income consumers in Ethiopia. Uh, We caught up with their marketing manager, Frieza Abebe, in Addis Ababa. And I think he has a lot to say. Hi, I'm the marketing manager for Alvio General Trading. Bob Inc. works with Alveol General Trading through its role in the Innovations Against Poverty Challenge Fund. We asked Fraser about the solar home systems Alveol sells. We are engaged in importing solar home systems and we distribute them in Addis and in parts of Ethiopia. Yeah, a solar uh, home system is uh, a system that is powered by solar power and it actually... uh, has three different parts in it. It has light, it has a sound system, and it has a charging system. So all this is in one package and we call it solar home system. Um, our product is a 10 watt uh, solar home system. Uh, it runs for at least 10 hours with full charge with all the lights. We have three lights in it included. So that makes it different. And battery, I mean, uh, torch light, and the radio is included in the system, so that makes it different as well. Um, there are uh, USB cables along with the package, and it helps to charge at least 10 different kinds of phones. Then, to find out more about how low-income consumers actually buy solar home systems, we turn to a colleague who's worked extensively on this topic. So, my name is uh, Alkadama, and at Bob Inc., I work as an inclusive innovator. You see, you see that in quite a lot of these products, people buy it in installments. Um, for instance, the project we were doing in Ethiopia, it's quite common that consumers buy it through an MFI. Of course, um, an MFI stands for is, is an, a microfinance institution. So typically, their role as a stakeholder is basically that um, as a consumer, you would be interested in buying a solar product from an agent that has visited your house or has shown you uh, the product at a, at a sales demo in your town. Um, as a consumer, I, I might be interested to buy this, um, but I don't have all the money up front. I don't have $50 to buy the solar uh, home product. Um, so instead, I, I go to this MFI office um, and I tell the microfinance institution, hey, I would like to buy this product. They look into my financial history and see if I'm credit worthy of buying uh, buying the product. Um, now, let's say I'm a farmer and I had a, a few uh, a good few years of harvests. I can show them that I have uh, I'm, I'm credible enough, um, and they basically allow me the uh, they uh, they pay or they finance the product up front, and I pay them back over time. That's that's several. Roughly speaking, that means that they would um, pay 
an upfront installment or a first sort of down payment. And then throughout their year, they would pay the rest of the, pr the product off in, in, in a few batches and a few installments. The downsides there obviously are that there's, a, there's an interest rate, which ranges a bit from, say, 18 to 25% uh, based on the MFIs that we've spoken to, uh, which is quite, quite a steep uh, interest rate. And that's also, I think, why, why pay-as-you-go products could be a bit more interesting because they, they could sort of circumvent the, um, uh, the MFIs. Um, and I guess a bit of the, the interest rate or a bit of the risk might lie with the actual uh, reseller or the supplier of the solar uh, products. Um, but hopefully they can do with, uh, with a, lower, uh, a lower margin than, than those MFIs. We asked Auka to tell us more about how pay-as-you-go works as an alternative to buying solar systems on credit. With the pay-as-you-go product, it's actually quite interesting because there's actually a little system built inside the product that actually uh, monitors whether you've paid your transactions. If you don't, the uh, party that sells you the uh, solar panel can actually uh, um, temporarily freeze your product, meaning that you can't use it anymore. But what about the marketing of these systems? I asked our colleague Hewitt Schimeles, impact manager at Bop Inc., how entrepreneurs drum up business for solar home systems in a market like Ethiopia. Recently, we went along with Alveol General Trading to an event they put on in a rural town outside of Addis. So Hewitt, what are we hearing in this clip? Well, the Alveol team warms up the crowd with some exciting music and they have different models of solar home systems on display. And then one of the sales representatives gives a demonstration of the latest solar home systems. Do customers actually buy solar home systems on the spot? Not often. Uh, solar home systems are a big investment for most low-income consumers. These events are really about raising awareness. People might buy a system later on from a customer service agent working for an MFA in their village. And what do MFIs offer customers in rural Ethiopia? Customers can choose an annual repayment plan or a monthly installment repayment. Many of them choose an annual plan because their income from farming comes only at a harvest time. However, the interest rates charged by the MFIs can be high, as much as 24% in some cases. And Hewitt, did the crowd seem interested in what Alveol was selling? Yes, they did. Uh, but Buyers had some concerns. I spoke to one man who wanted to buy a second solar home system because the one he has doesn't supply enough power for his home. He was interested in the models on display but said it was expensive for his budget and that many people in his community had problems in the past with poor quality solar systems that break down easily and solar providers also that do not deliver good after-sales maintenance. So, Akoji, in this dispatch from Ethiopia, we saw that a lot of people are already using solar home systems, but that there can be issues with things like cost and reliability. Let's come back to that in a minute. But first, I'm curious, what are some of the other ways that companies are getting solar home systems out there to consumers? Hmm, that's an interesting question, <laughs> Patrick. Well, one model Boping has worked with here in Nigeria is training sales agents, usually uh we have this network of women uh, who we train to sell solar. Mm -hmm. 
as well as financial services to help pay for them. Through projects like D2D Pro, we recruited women sales agents who already sell consumer goods and worked with them to develop the skills they need to sell more expensive durable goods like uh, solar home systems. Okay. And so what would be the contribution of Bop Inc. to a project like D2D Pro? I would say a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, in this project uh, and in a similar one called uh, Lighten the Last Mile. Oh, yeah. I remember that project supported by USAID and the Resilient Africa Network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We worked with partners to develop and roll out training for sales agents on practical things like attracting new customers and managing finances, as well as usually digital payment platforms and offerings of financial services to help low-income consumers afford and pay for durable goods like solar home systems. For the sales agent, this can be a lucrative field to get into and a chance to increase uh, their income. Okay, and what kinds of reach have we had in projects like D2D Pro and Lighting the Last Mile? In just these two projects, uh, Boping contributed to training 353 sales agents and managers in 17 companies that sell solar home systems. And this number is across nine African countries. You are listening to the low how from Boping. Akoji, this sounds in the bigger picture like it has the potential to be a win-win-win, right? So customers get clean energy, we're able to scale renewable electricity solutions, and also sales agents have a chance to make a living. How does this work in practice? Yes, I agree with you. It's a win-win-win. <laughs> but again, there are still lots of challenges here, Patrick. For one thing... Not all solar home systems are created equally. Uh, some are low quality and maintenance and repairs can be difficult to arrange, especially in rural uh, areas. Many low-income uh, consumers purchase solar home systems on credit and may run into repayment issues, especially on loans with higher interest rates. Or take a pay-as-you-go model, for instance, uh, if customers can't make a payment, then the distributor can switch off uh, their solar systems. And there's also the question of roles of government and public entities in providing electricity. Uh, solar home systems can help households a lot, but many feel that public authorities still have a responsibility to expand and improve the electricity grid for the benefit of all. And those are some very real challenges. Now, we already heard from Alka about pay-as-you-go as one payment modality that may be a better option for some low-income customers. Now, let's hear from Godfrey Katiambo, a Bopink impact officer focused on marketing and distribution, about how home solar technology is evolving to become more efficient and more reliable, and also how solar home systems fit into the bigger picture of last-mile electrification in Africa. The technology has uh, evolved uh, quite a lot for the past 10 years. The companies, as they came into the market, were the PICO systems, but also in terms of the technology, especially on the energy storage side, that's the battery side. Uh, initially, the systems came with uh, lead-acid lead batteries, uh, and uh, the lead-acid batteries, uh, uh, because of their shorter lifespan, because they have uh, uh, fewer uh, recharge cycles, 
uh, they, all, they, they, they were not as robust enough and they did not provide the kind of reliability or robustness that some of the user segments uh, brought. And this, as uh, the market, it, it had a shake on the consumer confidence in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the products because uh, most products could not last more than two years. Like uh, with lead acid batteries, most of them, some of them could go even as low as three months and it really shook the confidence of customers in the solar products. But the, uh, the past five years has, have been uh, quite a boost with the um, uh, cheaper lithium battery options and uh, advanced lithium battery technologies creating uh, more options, uh, smaller uh, batteries, more reliable and longer lasting uh, energy storage. The state has a big role to play, uh, but I think uh, the state uh, again also uh, taking the example of Kenya, which is, which is a leader in, this, um, in the renewable energy industry and electrification. We also, the state has to get priorities right and, uh, this, and, and by priorities, I mean the state has to open up uh, the field and be diversified in their thinking uh, about energy access and energy provision. So uh, in this sense, I mean rural electrification and uh, yeah, uh, last mile electrification as we have seen in Kenya is just one of the ways of taking electricity to the, to the underserved communities. But it should not be the only way, or it should not be the most funded. We, I think there's, 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 there's need, there's uh, a case for a multi-pronged approach, which should involve uh, solar home systems, uh, mini-grids, uh, micro-grids, and then the, 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 the main grid electrification. So, Akoji, I think we've heard some really important things in this episode so far about the possibilities as well as the challenges of solar home systems and different ways of marketing and distributing them. And we're also hearing about some exciting developments in the field. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of the key takeaways for you, Akoji? Yeah, interesting question, Patrick. I think it's clear that a solar home system explosion is well underway. And there is a lot of goods that we can do to help Africa connect to clean energy using this technology. As we heard from Goffrey, the technology has improved a lot and there are more efficient and reliable models on the market now. And we are even seeing new innovations in, in ways for low-income consumers to buy this technology. I was just reading an article about a nice example of this, a company selling solar home systems in Indonesia that accepts non-cash payments from customers. So, for example, people could give the company simple handicrafts that they've made, and then the company can monetize that by selling those to, to tourists or other customers. Now, maybe that's not a model that's applicable everywhere, but it's nice to see some creative ideas at work in this sector. Uh, I also wanted to come back to the sales agents that Bob Inc. has worked with in projects like D2D Pro and Lighting the Last Mile. So sales agents, especially women agents who actually go out to rural communities and sell solar as well as other durable goods. What do you feel like we're learning about working with them most effectively? A lot. Uh, I will say I think there are some simple but important lessons to take away from this project. Uh, one is to recruit sales agents who have a lot of drive and determination. It's good practice to look uh, for agents that are already successful at selling other kinds of consumer goods, for example. Mm. In the trainings, 
we need to address hard skills like uh, money management and customer development as well as soft skills like motivation uh, self-confidence both of these are really important for being a successful sales agent training up agents to work with uh, mobile technology for processing payments and managing pay-as-you-go payment is also super important mm-hmm. lastly helping sales agents build network among themselves uh, can help them stay motivated and support each other and cementing bonds and sharing contacts during training is very key then to go back to marketing we also asked Alka what he thinks is emerging as best practice for marketing solar home systems. Let's listen to what he had to say. Yeah, very interesting question, and, and uh, I don't think there's one uh, one single single answer to it. Uh, but let me let me let me give it a try. I think on, on on the marketing front, there's there's one big realization I had while I was in Ethiopia. It's really nice to see that it's no longer about creating awareness, explaining people what solar products are and what they can do. People are aware of this. Having said all of this, I think in terms of marketing, you'll you'll, you'll see that the marketing will, will head into more niches and be more specific. Uh, we are the most quality brand. We are the most expensive and the best brand. We are relatively affordable and basic. So I think there's, there's going to be more differentiation in the marketing of these types of products. Uh, Koji, before we wrap up, I'm curious what you think the future is for solar home systems and for the sales agents who sell them. What are what do you expect to see in the next few years? Yeah, with the way uh, that sector is going, uh, things are moving very fast. And for the uh, sales agents, I see them also having opportunity if they position themselves well to not just sell solar home systems alone, but also sell uh, farm equipment that possibly utilize solar power, uh, mm-hmm. like solar uh, dryers and the rest of them. And then possibly uh, even solar ovens, I, I expect that to come on board <laughs> with the way the sector is going. And so for any sales agent that well position his or herself uh, with the right uh, cost- customer acquisition at this point, Boom! Will have excess income in the in, in few few time to come. And generally for the sector, I would need to see a lot happening aside just the solar home systems. I need to see us using our solar clippers now. I need to see us using even our solar <laughs> solar phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And hey, speaking of phones, uh, how's your battery holding up? Ah, yeah. So um, as we're talking, I'm also looking. I think the sun is out today. So happy. <laughs> I won't be off. <laughs> yeah. So be able to charge it up. After yeah, I'll be able to charge. Yeah. yeah, very good. Very good. Hey, Akoji, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us on this today. It's been great talking solar lighting with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice having you on this too as well. Yeah. Great. Thank you. And a big thanks also to Aukadama, Godfrey Katiambo, Hewitt Shimeles, Marine Buisson, Nick van der Velde, and Fraser Abebe. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. Please be sure to have a look at the notes from this episode to learn more about Bob Pink's work with distributors of solar home systems and link out to materials about those projects, as well as some of the recent developments in the sector that we mentioned in our conversation today. And be sure to join us next time for the next episode of The Low How, when we get into some real toilet talk about providing sanitation services to low-income urban residents. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Low How. If you like what you heard, leave us a comment and give us a review wherever you get your podcast. 
The Low How is brought to you by Bopping. Learn more about us by visiting bopping.org. And be sure to check out extra info and links about what you heard today in the episode notes. Thanks for listening.